0: Regional Superintendent Gordon Neal as he comes and shares with us this morning. Great to have you. Great to be here, really. What a great, easy to preach here, let me tell you. If you're a preacher, this room is great. But you might think when I'm finished, no, it's not. A couple of presents here. I've got a Derby County Crystal Palace ticket. Uh, it was for yesterday. Um, in fact... All these tickets were for yesterday. It's nice to know that you value me so much. (laughs) And also, some waves styling gel. No, (laughs) it's styling putty. Styling putty, very good. Oh. Oh, men don't wear that, do they? Oh, yes. Sorry, that's what bald men say. (laughs) Thank you. It's been used, so whoever donated it, I'd like to give it back to you. (laughs) No, thank you very much. Um, just like to say, on the, the back of your program, you've got Simon Foster coming to the church. Simon's a member of our national leadership team. And uh, I've known Simon for a number of years, but got, you, you get to know people a lot better when you're in a in a very business-type, stressful at times situation. And I want to commend you Simon's ministry. I don't need to. I know so many of you know him. But, I mean, I... I'm not easily impressed at my age. I'm not easily impressed. I'm coming to you in a minute. If I was you, I'd say nothing, really. And stick with the baby, all right. Um, So please, um, I can just commend him to you. His contribution at our national leadership team is so spiritual, so appropriate at the time. He really is excellent and... um, Please, i just say that just because I just felt I'd like to. Now, there's a, the, I've got to, there's a bit of misunderstanding around here with the, which football team I support. Okay, now, my first football team was Queen's Park Rangers, which I still support, okay? West London, because that's where I first went to football. Now, but I always believe you should su- try and support where you live. And I live in the Derby area, so I support Derby. And um, I'm just glad I don't live in Nottingham. (laughs) And um, people it's been great. I came in here. I go to some churches, you know, the people come and say got a Bible verse for you, Gordon. Exodus fourteen. I go to other churches, they say, Oh, I've got the scripture, this word from God. You come along eating, they tell me that Derby were the only team to get nine points over Christmas. (laughs) They tell me things like, you know, Forrester in the relegation. You you know. (laughs) You know, other churches. I don't. You're not a very good pastor, are you? <laughs> you know, I get think. You know, people just throw some. It's Bible here. It's statistics. So really, I don't. I've got to say, this, I don't want Forrest to go down. No, because no, uh, next season we know we've got six points in the bag. Yes. So there we are. Okay, that's great. May I say that <laughs> Annette gives as good as she gets. I've had many a text that I've had to delete very quickly mainly from the ground at times, half time. So that's great. If you have your Bible, Exodus 14, please. Hence, I quoted that scripture earlier to you, Exodus 14. As I say, it's nice to be with you this morning. I'm in Yorkshire this evening, in Renthorpe, in Yorkshire. Anybody from Renthorpe, Wakefield? No? That's all right. Uh, Strangely enough, they like me there. Um, Right, Exodus 14. The background to this is uh, simple. It's um, the children of Israel, for those... And I've stopped assuming that everybody understands the background of what I'm saying. That would be very rude of me. A number of you will. The children of Israel, God's chosen people, uh, were in slavery in Egypt. A family moved to Egypt to escape a famine through Joseph. And they remained there. Many of us would say they remained there too long. (laughs) They remained there and eventually came into slavery in Egypt. The pharaohs and there are some archaeologists. I don't know. I wouldn't be dogmatic. I think the pyramids and all the rest of it possibly were part of the slave labor, etc., etc. Anyway, they were in there. Now, eventually they cried out to God. And God said, okay, I'll send you a redeemer. Now, that redeemer was a man called Moses. Moses was miraculously saved as a baby in the bulrushes you remember he was brought up in the court of pharaoh where he was educated in all the practical things he would need for his ministry which arrived in when he was 80 years of age at the burning bush okay we're now at the stage where moses has gone to pharaoh again and again and said god says let my people go moses uh, pharaoh said get lost and then there were plagues the last plague was the firstborn as a result of that, um, Pharaoh says to the Moses and the children of Israel, get out, go. If you don't go, and this was Pharaoh's words, if you don't go, we're all going to die. That's <laughs> Pharaoh's words. The firstborn of God, now it, who will God get next? So Pharaoh said to them, get out, and they gave them gold, and it says the children of Israel actually plundered the Egyptians as they went out. Of course, they went out, and this is where we take up the story. The children of Israel have left. Um, Pharaoh has said, go they 're on that journey from Egypt to the promised Land, okay, but they 've got to cross the Red Sea, and we 're in that space between Egypt and the Red Sea they haven 't crossed the Red Sea. They haven't gone across the Red Sea into the wilderness, 40 years wandering over the Jordan into the Promised Land. It's that little time slot that we're looking at now this morning in Exodus 14 between Pharaoh telling them to get out and their deliverance. So I'd like to read from, if I may, I'm going to jump around. There's some terrible words in this reading that I can never pronounce, so I'm not going to bother. Verse 4, Exodus 14. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, And he will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. I've got to stop there. In very important principle that we, 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 excuse me, that sounds arrogant, that we, we all need to understand is this God sent the plagues and forced Pharaoh to let them go. God now hardens his heart to chase them. Very strange. Hang on. God brought the plagues in to force Pharaoh to let them go. Pharaoh gives in to God and allows the people to go. You'd have thought that's the end of it. God's got his way. God's will is done. We can move on. But it was not finished as far as God was concerned. There was still something that God required, and we find it there in that verse, when it says there, and verse four, "And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and He will pursue them, but I will gain glory for myself." To understand this story, we've got to understand that it is possible for God to gain glory for himself and it not be unspiritual. So if I said to you, I'm the best preacher in Elam, you'd sit there and you'd think, no, you're not. And if you you said to me, you're the worst preacher in Elam, I'd say, no, I'm not, Simon Foster is. (laughs) I'm like everybody else. I'm somewhere in the middle. Some Sundays, I've never been in the premiership, sometimes top of the chapter, I don't know. But you know, And it would be wrong. Muhammad Ali, who became, you know, said, I am the greatest. There was such a reaction to his arrogance till he started knocking everybody out. Then everybody realized he probably was the greatest in that sense. And there's something in us that pulls back from this thought, and I will gain glory for myself. You know, um, there are some preachers around who demand certain things if they're going to come to your church. They demand that we've had some... Preachers at our conference that demanded flowers. Can you believe they wanted flowers in their hotel room? Well, I sent some dandelions, I did, you know. <laughs> you know. And they demanded cars to bring them backwards and forwards from the hotel to the, and they demanded this and they demanded that. And Colin Dye was telling me about somebody who demanded that he was going to a big meeting in London, demanded fuel for his private jet. Colin told him, bye-bye. He said, Well, I won't come. And Colin said, well, I'll stand up and tell everybody why you're not coming. He came. From what the fee that was agreed, and the fee was very good. But, you know, and we recoil from that. Somebody wants glory. I want this. Actually, there's no spotlights on me this morning. And you said, that's deliberate, Gordon. We've seen what you look like, you know. But God can do it. God can say, I will gain glory for myself. Because he's God. If I said I'm the best preacher in Elam, you say, no, you're not. If you said to me I'm the worst, i say, no, I'm not. I'm in the middle. I've got a clear, hopefully at my age, a clear understanding of exactly what I can do and what I can't do. I've got a sober judgment on it. But God can stand there and say, I'm not finished with Pharaoh. Pharaoh enslaved my people. Pharaoh resisted me and has only submitted to my will because of that last plague, the firstborn, I'm not finished with him, because there is still something that God can get out of this situation, and it's this word, glory. Glory. I will gain glory for myself. And what I'd like to say to you straight away is this. Is there something happening in your life that you don't understand, and the purpose of it is that God will gain Glory. You see, we're in a world where self is the most important thing. Me, mine, me own. I think that's right. I've not rehearsed that. Me, mine, me own. You know? And it's a world where it's me, me, me. But the Christian is different. The Christian walks through life with all the challenges that everybody else has. And he comes up against them, whether it be the bereavement or the illness or the redundancy. We're not exempt from any of those things, but we stand there. And the only way I believe that we will ever learn to cope and the only way we'll ever see our way through is not to deny these things are bad, but to say to ourselves, is there some way that God can get glory in this? And it's by not turning bitter when you're bereaved. And by not being critical when redundancy comes. Fight for your rights. You know, get the union involved, whatever. I'm not saying roll over. But sometimes, the only way some things can make sense is if we say, God, are you seeking to get glory in this situation? It might just help someone when they look at what is happening. Well, the story continues. And the king of Egypt, verse 5, was told the people had fed. Pharaoh's officials changed their minds. Changed their minds about what they'd said. What have we done to let the Israelites go? We have lost their services, free labor. So his chariots and he made ready and took an army with him. He took 600 of his best chariots along with other chariots of Egypt and officers over them all. (coughs) Excuse me. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh again, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. Wow, got to stop. Pharaoh changed his mind. He'd agreed to what God wanted. Go, go, you go, and he said that. Go worship God wherever you want. I won't, he probably didn't use those words. Go, get out of here. You know, I can't wait to get rid of you. Go and worship God wherever you want, because that was the issue. Pharaoh says this to him. You go and worship God where you want. It's a spiritual battle. Then he changed his mind. He submitted to the will of God. He submitted to what God wanted, and that's it. He should have left it there, but he couldn't leave it there because God hadn't finished with him. I don't understand it. Don't ask me to justify it. God did it. He hardened his heart because it hadn't been finished with him. And Pharaoh changed his mind. And they get their chariots. And here we have the people of marching out boldly. Hi, ho. Hi ho. It's off to the promised land we go. Write that down, Kay. That was quite good. (laughs) Right? Well, forget it now. They were marching out boldly. They were confident. Moses had come. God had delivered. The plagues had come. The Passover blood on the door had spared them. They'd seen the hand of God. This group were marching out boldly. Sorry to take my time, but I need to set the scene. There's some stepping stone. God's glory there, marching out boldly. Verse 9, the Egyptians, all pharaohs, horses and chariots, and horsemen, pursued the Israelites and overcame them as they camped by the sea. Okay? Now, verse 11. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? You see, it says in 10, Pharaoh approached the Israelites and looked up, and the Egyptians were marching after them, and they were terrified and cried out to God. What had happened to this group who were marching out boldly, this group who were rejoicing in what God had done for them, this group who had seen the hand of God? This group who had been to the Elam Church Long eaten Spiritual Refreshing in the River Get Deeper conferences. Have I missed any titles out? <laughs> I'm going to try and come here, Simon, if I can. Marching out. Something happened in the distance. They saw it. The Egyptians. And the boldness. And the bravery. And the confidence. And we can take the land for Jesus evaporated they were terrified because they thought this was the end and it's what they did with their fear that i'd like to spend a moment talking about you see we all get frightened at times we all get fearful what did they do with their fear did they turn to god with their fear did they turn to god and say lord have you seen the egyptians God would have said, I've seen them. In fact, I've sent them. Because I've hardened the heart of Pharaoh. I brought about the circumstances that these Egyptians are chasing you. They didn't seek to understand what God was doing. They didn't say to themselves, hang on a minute. If God went to the cross to die for me, why am I fearful of this situation? If Jesus rose from the dead victorious on the third day... Why am I petrified about A, B, or C? They could only see what the immediate. They could only see the natural. They could only see the Egyptians coming, and it's what they did with their fear. And they turned on Moses. They turned on Moses. They turned on the leader. They said, "Was it because there were no graves that you brought us out to the desert and die?" They accused him of a conspiracy. Is this a plan? Are you part, you you were brought up an Egyptian. Is this part of a plan? Was it Moses, was it Pharaoh's plan that so rather than have to bury us at the Cairo Cemetery, there was no Cairo then by the way, that you brought us out here so we can die in the desert. There's no funerals, there's no, no grave diggers, there's no anything. Is that what you did? And Moses is standing here and he's remembering the burning bush. And he's thinking, I never wanted this rotten job in the first place. I never wanted it. I told him I couldn't speak, I couldn't this, I couldn't that. So they turned on him. Was there no grave? And then they said the most horrible thing. Most horrible thing. What have you done to bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? I don't know if they did. Maybe some of you can tell me if they did. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to remain unsaved than to die as a Christian in the desert. I hope you weren't looking for a good laugh this morning. They came to him. He said, is this a conspiracy? Have you brought us out here because there's no graves in Egypt? Didn't we tell you? Well, I don't have a record of that, but maybe they did. Leave us alone. We don't want this. They actually preferred slavery... To death. Now, some of you might think, well, maybe I would. But the context for the Christian is this. Jesus has set us free. Now, we do die as Christians. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, when God calls a man, he calls him to die. We're to take up our cross daily and follow Christ. So there's an application here for our conversion. But fear made them irrational. Fear made them talk about... Said, you know, oh, there's no graves, and we'd rather have remained slaves than die out here. They'd rather have had slavery than to have followed God and to trust God. And that's the situation we're in. And Moses is standing there. He's been faithful. He's done everything God said, and yet the people are so fickle, so unspiritual. Even that, now, you might say, well, they didn't have a lot of background in Christian things or spiritual things. They'd just seen the plagues. I've never seen the plagues. They'd seen the plagues. So the situation is there. So they came. Did we not say to you, verse 13, Moses answered the people. Moses, greatest pastor in the Bible. Greatest pastor in the Bible, Moses. Absolutely, without a doubt. Because I tell you what, some of us had said, all right then, clear off but he said to them don't be afraid he recognized the irrational irrationality of their thinking he realized that they were saying these things because the problem was not it was fear fear and we all get fearful at times you know i why is it that when i have got a clean driving license and I, I, I try not to break the speed limit and i try not to but if i see blue lights in the mirror? Why do I always look down and see what speed I'm doing? (laughs) You know, and I do about 35,000 miles a year, slightly less now, I'm trying to use the train more. I've got a clean license, well, as of the last post. (laughs) I don't know what will arrive on the doorstep tomorrow, but at the moment I'm all right. You know, and there's this fear. And then when they go past, you think, well, why was I fearful? I'm only doing 69.9 miles an hour you know and cars taxed and you know a bit dirty but you know and that's that fear and he recognizes it and friends when we get fearful we can become very vulnerable and it's a time when we can turn around and blame the forest supporters it's all their fault no it's not it's i'm fearful and i'm 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 blaming others for what's happening, I don't know what's happening in my life, and there's times that will come, and when I use big words like bereavement, I, I dis, uh, 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 rejection, and big, big words, I'm not talking about you didn't get a Christmas card from somebody. That's not rejection. That just sets you free from having to waste the money, sending them another one next year. <laughs> that's that's called a silver lining. You know, rejection is you're now sat in the house on your own. That's rejection. And he comes and the great pastor acknowledges the problem. And in the back of this, God is seeking to get glory. How is he going to get glory? Is, is he going to get glory from a people that are fearful? No, he's not. He goes on a little bit further. And he says the famous words, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see. You will see what? He tells them simply, you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring this day. God now says two things to them. First of all, he gives them two commands. The first command is, fear not or don't be afraid. If you have the authorised version, it may say, fear not. In the NIV, it says, don't be afraid. God had to deal and ident- identify the problem. The problem is fear. So he says to them, first of all, don't be afraid. And then he gives them another command, stand Firm. Anybody with the authorised version this morning with them? Please, it's not wrong to have the authorised version. Does it say stand still? Stand still. Okay. Now, stand firm and stand still are two different words. Okay, I'm standing still. You're all saying, I hope he's knocking this off the sermon. This standing still time. Or the stand firm. Why did I clench my fist then? That was the old life. <laughs> you know, I, I'm standing, you know, we're playing a game and I'm standing there, standing firm. I'm not going to be moved. Others standing still. Words are inter- interchangeable. And God comes to them and says, look, don't be afraid. That's a command. Secondly, stand firm. Don't be moved. Don't run. Don't panic because today you will see God's deliverance and as we move into this new year I'd like you to, cons- to assess every situation with that don't be afraid stand firm now it will remark that the AV is not incorrect, stand still, and don't run don't panic, if I had seen the Egyptians come in I might have legged it you know I was brought up in the age of mods and rockers and when if there were more rockers than mods I legged it, there was no hanging about boys, we're off Well, the suit was worth a lot of money and I wanted to keep it nice. Um, You know, that was wasted on so many of you. So many of you. An old man talking there. Anyway, we stand firm. You see, he acknowledges that there is a problem. That's what I like about Moses. He's not saying they're not there. He says, don't be afraid. Stand firm. Now, this thought of standing firm. And may I say something to you? Thank you for standing firm all the years you have in this church. Now I've, I've been in the East Midlands for a thousand years and <laughs> some of you were already here when I arrived. <laughs> I want to say to you, because I know what church life is like, I've known the journey you've been on and way back, I want to thank you for standing firm. Because there were times I'm quite sure in church sure, life you thought, well I've had enough of this. But thank you. I need to say that. Thank you. And those of you who have just joined the church, I'd like to say it to you in another so many years. Thank you. Because standing firm is important. And your membership classes are very, very important. And then he says two commands. First of all, he says, fear not. Don't be afraid. Stand firm. Then he gives two promises. Two commands. Two promises. Don't be afraid stand firm and then in verse 14 he says the lord will fight for you today wow the lord now i think in the av it might say work for you the NRV says he will fight for you today and the second promise in verse 13 is the egyptians you see today you will never see again so that's very important looks if you stand still and you are not afraid You just watch what's going to happen. God is going to fight for you today. And these things that have made you frightened, you'll never see them again. They're gone. You'll never see these Egyptians again. I don't know if you've ever had anybody fight for you. I remember my mother was deaf. And I can remember as a young lad, some lads were teasing my mum because she was deaf. And in those days... When you had a hearing aid, it looked like an iPad. <laughs> you know, and, when, and when, when it wasn't tuned in right, it used to whistle. And my father was trying to watch the news and say, oh, the Sputniks going over again, which again has aged me dreadfully. Some satellites going over, you know. And I, I got in a fight. I can remember the story. I didn't say I won it. I can't remember. I got in a fight. Some lads were taking the mick out of my mum being deaf. And um, I got in a fight and I came home and I had a fat lip. In fact, it's only when I went to work that my mother realised that my lips weren't fat. Because <laughs> I always seem to be coming home with a fat lip. And, um, you know, said, what happened? I said, don't worry, you're know, not important, nothing, you know. It had to be done, you know, just to get on with it. It's called life in a secondary modern school, you know. And she's made me make a promise. Never fight for me again. She said, there's no need to. It was quite right. And every mother here or grandmother would say the same. We wouldn't want any of our children, unless a big sum of money was involved, <laughs> you know, to, to get involved in that. But I can remember that. I don't, I don't write my illustrations down. I just I can remember getting into this fight on behalf of my mum. No, oh, you ain't saying that about my mother. No, you're not ever You know, off we went. But listen, God is saying to these people, God's saying, Listen, I'm going to fight for you. Yeah. God is standing in heaven and he's saying, That's it. Okay. Always be frightened of a man that takes his shirt off as well. Because <laughs> <laughs> it means he's done it before. And he says, That's it. I'm going to fight for you. Get behind me. Yeah. If these Egyptians are going to get to you, they've got to come through me first. And I'll tell you now, I'm going to tell you how the fight goes. You see these fellas up there? You'll never see them again. Wow. What a God. These are the guys that were marching out boldly. First sign of some sand in the distance of the chariots coming. Fearful. Attack the leaders. Criticise the leadership. Why is it when a church grows we give God the glory and if a church doesn't grow we blame the leadership? Weird, isn't it? As if God's never emptied a church. (laughs) Ann and Sapphira, they were emptied, weren't they? Membership went down that day. I too? And probably a few others legged it. And this is our God. Put this back on because I'm a bit heavy at the moment. No, no. But God said, I'm going to take my jacket off. God said, I'm going to take my jacket off. I'm going to put myself between you and them. And you know, the New Testament talks about standing firm. Isaiah 40 says, fear not, I am with you. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love. And then stand still. We have Ephesians. Put on the whole armour of God. And having done all, verse 13, Ephesians 6, having done all, stand. You don't take your jacket off. God's already taken his off. When he went to the cross, he died and rose again. Colossians tells us he openly displayed our enemies. Roman generals, when they return, and I remember John Lancaster preaching on this from Colossians, when they would come back after campaigning, the generals would bring the chiefs and the kings of the nations that conquered behind them. They would be chained and they would follow them in. And the general, Titus, whoever it is, would be in his chariot coming into Rome, and they're all shouting, Whoa, Titus, Titus. And behind, an open display. These people who had the nerve to stand against Rome were openly displayed and that's what Paul says Christ has done for us principalities and powers spiritual wickedness in heavenly Gee, they've been defeated my friend they've been defeated our chance our task is not to find a new place in god our chance is to find out and live in the place where god has put us which is in christ we stand firm in him we don't say, oh, there's trouble coming. Um, <laughs> but make sure you're in Christ. And if you're not in him, you want to get in him. In that place. So this principle of standing firm, holding their ground, it's in the New Testament. Philippians 1.27, stand firm in one spirit. Um, Philippians 4.1, stand firm thus in the Lord. And Ephesians, it's all there. And then having stood... They would then see what God was going to do. Very quickly, we'll look at what happened next. Moses answered the people 13, Don't be afraid, stand firm. You will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Friends, if you're a preacher, you can go several ways with this, and what we have to be is disciplined. What is it that I will never see again in the life of Gordon Neal? My sins. Gordon Neal is a sinner. Please, if you doubt that, have five minutes with my wife. In fact, don't. (laughs) Right? I'm a sinner. But I will never see my sins again. Why? Because God has put them behind his back, never more to be remembered. As far as the east is from the west. What is my greatest enemy? My greatest enemy is Gordon Neal. Not the devil. My greatest enemy is me. My sinful nature, my fallen nature. And Jesus Christ has said to me, I will forgive your sins. I will give you new life. I will put my spirit in you. And when you do fail, there is an advocate with the Father to plead on my behalf. Who is the Egyptian in your life? Who is the Egyptian in your life? Who is it that you would never want to see again? I've got to change that because you don't think of a person. Although it might be a person. Is there an attitude? Is there something that you feel is the enemy? There's something that's attacking your Christian life. For these people, it was the Egyptians coming over the hill. And God says, listen, I'm going to fight for you. You're never going to see them again. And they didn't. They had other wars, Israel. But the Egyptians were dealt with. They went into the Promised Land and Moabites, etc., etc. And that's it. Is there something that in this beginning of a year... We as a fellowship and as individuals, we will collectively, and I'm not going to make an appeal. I want you to have the, the treat you like the adults you are to say, this coming year, I'm going to stand firm in God. Last year, I got blown about a bit. Things happened. I'm not criticizing you. I'm taught big things, serious things. You know, but this year, you're going to stand firm. Here we are. Can I make a rule for your church? No one is allowed to backslide next year. If you do, I'm going to visit you. In a chariot. With 600 QBR supporters. All right? You know what I'm saying. Don't. Oh, well, I don't know what the next year is bringing. I'm going to tell you now. It won't be bringing Egyptians. They're going to drown in a minute. They're going to drown in a minute. And God's going to have glory. What, because Israel believed him? No, but because the Egyptians died. It's, I can't, you say, well, it's terrible. But I'm afraid that's the way it is. God's glory was that Egypt was defeated by the almighty God. What is that? What Egyptian is that? That you don't need to say. Again? Well, I've got to. I've, uh, please, some things come with age got to tell you now, some things come with age. You say, well, I've got a bit critical. And it's because I'm getting old. Sorry. No excuse. Maybe your Egyptian is criticism. A bit of a critic. In fact, you're sitting there now thinking, I wish that golden would stop. Well, I've got to cheer you up. We're arm together. I can't wait to end this. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you know. <coughs> listen, criticism is an Egyptian you don't want in this year, is he? The Egyptian criticism, we don't want to see that anymore. I I don't want to use any more auto-suggestion to help you. You know there's something that needs to die at the beginning of this year. There's something that's been pursuing you. There's something that's brought fear. There's something that's caused you to be critical. There's something happening. There's something going on. that You know that if you stood firm in Christ and in the promises of his word and pushed out fear, you could have dealt with it. Please. Don't take any Egyptians. May I just ask, is there any Egyptians in the service this morning? I never thought to check. For those of you who are politically correct, for the word Egyptian, you can put the word forest supporter. No, 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 no. That was was quite good. Okay. Okay, we're nearly there. Nearly there. Please, when you go out of here... Please, don't take any Egyptians with you. Let them stay here. Let God deal with them. You stand firm in Christ. Put on the whole armour of God. You don't have to do out, you just have to stand. Did I say do out? Yes. Oh dear. I left school early, I left at lunchtime. Yeah. Okay, nearly there. Uh, the Egyptians, uh, da, da, da da da. The Lord said, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to, and this is the last word. The Lord said, I will fight for you. You would need only to be still. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Moses was crying out. He says to them, tell the Israelites to move on. There you are. That's it. Now, this is the moment when you thank God I'm not your pastor and you've got Adrian. Let me tell you now. Move on. Move on. Just move on. Some of us are going to move on. (gasps) Oh, you don't know what they did. No, and I'm having a cup of tea afterwards, and I don't need to know. (laughs) Thank you. He's paid to do this. I'm going to Renthorpe. He'll spend the whole day talking to you. (laughs) That's why God gave his video recorders. Right. You know, move on. Oh, you don't know what they did. Oh... If you knew my background, I'm sorry about your background. I really am. We can support you. We can help you. But at the end of the day, my friend, move on. Yeah. Now, it's a strange thing. He's telling him to stand firm and move on. Stand firm. Stand firm. Hold your ground here. Because uh, the ground was not geography. The ground was a position in God. Stand firm in God. You're in Christ. Stand firm in Christ and move on. What Egyptians do you have to leave behind today? What do you have to move on from? You know, oh, people can sulk for you. You're no one here like, please, your pastor's not told me about anybody, but I can tell just by looking. No, Uh, that was a bit Kevin Pete then, wasn't it? A bit Kevin Pete. He'd he'd work that one. You know, Um, let me tell you now in a group this size, with these numbers of people, some of us need to move on. And you say, oh, you're not being very kind. You're not being very pastoral. You're supposed to come and say, there, there, there. No, I'm not. You're in Christ. Stand firm in him. He didn't go to the cross so you can have me go there, there, there. He went to the cross that we can stand firm in Christ. We can be (coughs) Christians. We do fail. We do make mistakes. But we can have a confidence in God. And whatever defeats, failures, challenges that we've had in this last year move on, move on. You say, but it's not been resolved. Never will be till you move on. The moving on is probably the resolution to it. Oh, you know. I may have told this story before. I remember an healing minister coming up to me. Oh, I'm talking 20 years ago. And at the conference, and I saw him walk up to me at the conference. And I could just tell from his body language, the boy was plucking up courage. So the minute he walked up to me, I just said to him, whatever it is, will you please forgive me? I, it wasn't deliberate. He went, how did you know? I said, I could just tell by the way you walked up to me that, that I had done something. I could just tell. And I said, I, I don't know what it is. I, do you know, I couldn't even tell you his name now. I might just be the age. You know, he wasn't part of my circle in any way. And I just said, what it, I got his first, and whatever it is, I'm sorry I didn't do it deliberately, but you need an apology, and I give it. And he accepted it, moved away. The frightening thing was, the last time I'd had any contact with him, and I can tell you because I know which presbytery I was in when it happened, was at least 10 years before. An Elon minister had spent 10 years wanting to punch my lights out spiritually, and had done nothing about it. I never knew. Life went on. Every time, in those days, I was probably on the national youth team. He'd see you. He'd think, that's that Gordon Neal. who was horrible to me. And maybe in Elam Evangel days, I'm going right back, you know, maybe my mugshot would be in there. He'd go, oh, that's that Gordon Neal. that was horrible to me. And I never knew. He'd never moved on. But he moved on when he came and spoke to me. Sometimes we have to be proactive, don't we? Sometimes you say, Well, I went to so and so and they wouldn't recognize that they were at fault. You can do no more. Move on. Who's upset? Them or you, you. Oh, for a level of maturity that helps us realize that if God be for us, oh, who can be against us? I will fight for you today. The Egyptians that you see today. You'll never see again. All I ask is that you stand firm in Christ and what Christ has done, and you move on into the next thing that God—excuse <coughs> me—God has for you. Do you know? And this is not hype. You, I'm not a hype man. If I was a hype man, I'd—you know—I'd be a lot more popular. <laughs> you know. Let me tell you how I believe this: that God has a good year ahead for every one of you. Oh, you say, well, are you saying then that that our family will not experience any bereavement or any... I'm not going to say that you're going to be exempt from challenges. But what I am going to say to you is this. That when they arrive, you will thank God that you're standing firm in Christ. Well, will all our financial challenges be met next year? I've got no idea at all. But I know this. I'd rather go into 2012 as we've done, knowing that Christ is with me. That he has already fought for me. He has already won the victory. And all I have to do is bask. No, bad word. All I have to do is stand firm in what Christ has done. And whatever the Egyptians might throw at me, I know they've already been drowned in the Red Sea you have listened ever so well let me pray father i just thank you for this fellowship who have been so kind to k and i over the years and we've appreciated that very much i pray lord i pray your blessing upon them if this church was my church whatever i would pray for my church i pray for this church (coughs) pray lord that you will bless them we pray lord that this year there will be more folks saved than have been ever in this church's experience I pray, Lord, that dozens will want to link with us in membership and strengthen the fellowship. I pray, Lord, that you will, Lord, that this building thing goes on and on. That's an Egyptian, isn't it, if ever there was one. We just pray, Lord, that you'll just guide us. Until you you resolve the building situation, we're going to stand firm in you, Lord. That's just an incidental. That's just a facility. We just pray you'll guide. And for Adrian and the team here, we pray that you will bless them mightily. Lord, some folk this morning will not have enjoyed this because I've identified where they are. They're sat there and they can just see the Egyptians coming. May I very gently say to them, please stand firm. God will fight for you today and you'll never see these Egyptians again. Why? Because Christ is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father and all his enemies have been made his footstool. Amen. 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 Thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs>